brownie before you go to bed. Ah! Come on, let me cut you a brownie while they're still hot. Dad, I'm kind of edgy right now. I'd appreciate you not coming in my room screaming and brandishing the butcher knife. Why? Oh, right. The Sideshow Bob thing. Oh, I'm sorry, boy. Come on, do you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? Oh, sorry. What am I thinking? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons quotes that nobody gets anymore. Facebook page, nohomers.net and popculture.com. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Cape Fear, an absolute classic. It is a classic. Before we get into Cape Fear... It's kind of deja vu. I feel like we've already done it before. It does feel that way. But (laughs) every week you say you are Dando and I say I am Mitch. Yep. And every week we get emails from people misquoting, like misattributing something that I've said to you and something that you've said to me. Someone did it saying that I interrupted you. Yeah. You interrupted me and I was like... Yeah. Well, it's funny. How I read that. Listening to the show for? I read that comment. I was like, "That's fucking right, bitch." Always interrupting. And then I read what he actually <laughs> said. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> but the thing is, does that mean that that person's been listening to the podcast for how many months or thinking years? that you were smarter and and funnier yes, than you exactly. actually are? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if they actually did get our voices confused and off their mind was blown. Well, apparently, how do you get that confused though? I don't know. But hey. a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. If you're wondering what we're talking about, go to our recent or our pinned post on our Facebook page for the Homer's Bible Shop Quartet, the um the podcast yep. review. And um yeah, someone got us confused and yeah. yeah. But it happens all the time in emails. It does. Yeah. 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 I People, don't understand why. Me either. I, I We I don't mean, sound the same. I don't think we do either. We don't talk the same. No. We don't say the same thing. I'm often more high pitched and you have a proper radio voice. <laughs> I don't have a proper radio voice. It's closer. <laughs> closer to actual radio. So anyway. Cape Fear. We've already reviewed it, haven't we? We have. Explain, so, what, explain what's happening today. Okay, so quite a while ago, now, we decided that we would launch some um, premium podcast bonus content, all that sort of stuff. You guys are well aware of it by now, if you're regular listeners, but at the time, it was a fairly new, novel, bold approach for the podcast to take. Uh, daring, if I may say so, you could call us trailblazers of the industry, uh, you could call us mavericks. Um, no one had ever tried this before. No, no one had ever attempted it. N- not Never had a performer <laughs> asked their fans to pay them for content. <laughs> Yet we said, break the mold and, and let's you know venture forth into the great unknown. Um, now, we promised at the time, if you didn't want to pay the money, then you would get the review in due time. And that's what this is. So, we've already done the review. We're not going to be redoing it. We're going to give you... Cause I feel like we had a really good energy and we, we put a lot more effort into it yeah. because of the fact that people were paying. Now, there were some differences. You won't have the normal mailbag segment. Because you won't have the favourite moment. Mitch's, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? Well, that was only a recent addition, yes, of course. But yeah. You won't another, get all the, the newbies. Another bold trailblazing move. <laughs> but... But what you will get is a much more in-depth, a lot more trivia and, and, and you know, I, frankly, I think of one of the better podcasts that we had done to that point. Yeah. Um, but that's why we're doing this little intro to explain it. Now, we also talk, like we refer in there about paying a dollar do to access it because at the time we weren't on Patreon, so there was a different method. Ignore couple, it. A couple little references like that are out of date. I apologize, but we weren't going to go back and fix them. But basically, if you have yet to subscribe to us on Patreon, this is the kind of exclusive content that you will get. The premium mm. reviews of the classic episodes. So, $2 per month. That's all you got to do to get access into this month's uh, premium podcast. Now, also, last week, Mitch, 
I said I was going to do something mm. and I didn't do it. That sounds like you. <laughs> or now, maybe it sounds like that me. Like, I don't I said, know. That's Dando. That's the one that's Dando. <laughs> but I promised, as I should, because it's part of the, mm. part of the rewards. I did, yes. $5 plus patrons were supposed to get their names read out. Mm. And whilst we're doing, we thought rather than me sit there whilst we're recording and read the names out live there, I'd go ahead and record it later on. Record it later. Put it in. Well, I went ahead and recorded it later. Didn't put it in. Yeah, another one of your patented moves. (laughs) I was... Bold, I was really worried in the last podcast that you were going... Like, we had this whole build-up conversation about the... Me doing karaoke on my own. And I was really worried that we were, you were going to forget to put the song in. I got, I got it in. Yeah, I know you did. I put, yeah, that was the first thing that I listened to. I went straight to the last minute to make sure it was there. <laughs> what did you think? We got good feedback from it. Did I? I didn't see that. Oh no, we did. <laughs> One person emailed saying they want a different karaoke at the end of every episode. Oh right? no, I did see that email. Yeah, that's there aren't that One many, person. One person. There aren't that many karaoke bars. <laughs> <laughs> so. Apologies to everyone. We do appreciate all of your support. As I said last week, if you subscribe for $5 or more per month to get your name read out in the podcast, you're supposed to get it read out last week. Here they are now. Okay, so this week, thank yous are going out to Tyler Weber, Rob, Robert Cummins, Ben Weatherburn, Cedric, Katie Langford, Gabriel Xavier Blywolf. That's a great name. Uh, ben, here we go. All right. Ben Balanza Degui, Timothy Belison, Ian Balol Nassar, Alex Day, Lucy Moore, Justin Crane, Pat Wright, Gary Dunn, Roy, Patrick Kennedy, Christopher Theothwaite, Mitch Richards, Sarah Conroy, Johannes Lohas, Jack Misson, Regan Renellenfitch. Man, you guys aren't making it easy for me. Andrew Johnston, Jake Buswell, Cal McDonald, Jack Sharp, Daniel Sally, Alan Reeds, and Justin Andrade. And all is forgiven, Mitchell. Yeah, well done. Yes. Bravo. So, now it's time to get into Cape Fear. Is there anything else we should mention? Because there's no final goodbyes. This is it. Once we hit play, it's just the old school podcast that we recorded months ago. I I presume I gave final words in that podcast. Give give a new final words. Cape Fear related. I'll put you on the spot. Can you do it? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to a very special premium edition of Four Finger Discount. Mitch, it's finally happened. It has We're finally, finally here. Happened. One of the greatest episodes, arguably the best episode of all time. Top five episodes has to be. Top Def- five. In almost every list that you'll ever see, yes. Yeah. It's up there with March versus the Monorail, 22 short films about Springfield. That, that tends to make a few. Here it does, but not really on other lists. Maybe no. top 20. Yeah, okay. Yeah, March versus the Monorail, Cape Fear. They're the two big ones, aren't they? Yeah. Cape Fear. It's... it's oh. What, what do you say? There's nothing to fault. We should episode. say something because people have paid for this. <laughs> There's nothing to fault. There is nothing no, to fault. It's just no, it's amazing. No, it's so perfect. There are so many great, like, it, it blends perfectly the shot for shot elements where they're taking it directly from the film. They're really smart about the elements that they leave out of the film because no one wants to see Sideshow Bob, you know, sexually assaulting Bart's teacher or something <laughs> like that. Breaking bones and biting into flesh would probably be a little bit too much. But what they do, they do so well. It's sort of like the final tip of the hat from the 
the original Simpsons stuff, isn't it? This was the last episode they ever worked on. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that they threw everything into this one episode. It's the best Sideshow Bob episode by far. It, nothing comes close. Like, I know you like the one with um, Cecil in it. I do, you're a fan of Frasier. Yeah. But as a, overall, this episode is just the best. You know what I love about it? It's Sideshow Bob at his most brutal and violent. Mm. He's not He's not trying to be funny and he's not com- comedic here. He is a guy who wants to kill a child. And he doesn't even try and hide the That's fact. That's true. Yeah, he's very blatantly, I'm here to kill Bob. Every, every other episode, he's trying to get to him without actually being caught. Here, he's just like, I want to kill that kid. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, there's no scheme. No. He's not using dead pets to try and run for mayor or anything like that. He's just, I, this is my one purpose in life. And it's just funny because the family and the townspeople just don't know what to do about it. Like, well, mm. we can't protect you. <laughs> Which is one of the first elements of Cape Fear. I'm going to point out, like, all... For people that may not have seen Cape Fear, I haven't actually seen the original, the 60s version. I've only seen... 53 the, or whatever it was. Uh, that old? I don't think it was 50s. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was 60s. Yeah. Um, I've only seen the Rob De Niro starring Nick Nolte and directed by Scorsese. But I'll be pointing out the things that they go along the way. But one of them is that. So the original story is around this convict, Max Cady, who gets out of prison. He goes up after the lawyer that put him there. I th- the, I'm fairly sure that the twist is that the lawyer had planted evidence or the lawyer had done something dodgy to put him away. as He was legitimately guilty, but they couldn't prove it. So he comes out and he harasses him in this in a way that he can't, actually be done for so like he would just loiter around the guy's house and he'll be menacing and he just keeps showing up where he can't be arrested he's just being a nuisance yeah pretty much which is largely like you know that's one of the lines that's kind of parodied about how uh i'm sorry lady but there's no law against threatening someone's life i'm pretty sure there is (laughs) (laughs) one of my trivia questions is about that that scene as well it's hilarious okay but uh, yeah, I, I, getting back to Bob as well, about this, I think they hear, not only is he at his most brutal and violent, I think this is the first one where they really sort of focus, besides maybe Krusty gets busted, on his highbrow intelligence. Yeah. And how he is so much smarter than the rest of the town. Yeah. That they can't figure out a way to stop him. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it's like... He, he gets fooled. Yeah, like he can get fooled easily and like he's so highbrow and so intelligent but then he'll pass out because he's using his blood to... Like Snake is the one that's pointing out a better idea for his to-do list. Well, that's what makes his fall at the end, like him getting captured or getting caught at the end, arrested. So So great because he's doing such a great performance and he's getting sucked in so well because he's putting in so much effort Yeah, and then he gets fooled by it. I love the costume changes. I've forgotten about those. Yes, they originally were in the episode. Yeah, the animators put them in and apparently Graining wasn't aware of it or something like that but they're so good. And it's grown on him. He's wearing the mop with the... Perfect. To play the woman. God, that's funny. It's a bit stupid but it it fits the character that he would put in all the effort for that. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you to heaven before I send you to hell. hell. (laughs) Um, And one final thing. There was more horror references in this episode than I ever remembered. Like the mm. Freddy Krueger claw. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And the I, I remember that the hockey mask, but that's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Just so many references to classic horror films. Bro, you want to see my new hockey mask chainsaw? <laughs> oh, silly me. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, there's going to be people listening at home that go, it's chainsaw and hockey mask, stupid. Oh, please. <laughs> but before it's we... It's part g- of the Coriolis effect. Down in Australia, it's reversed. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. Before we get into trivia and facts and everything else about reviewing Cape Fear... We need to talk about the soundtrack and how great it was. Mm. Well, the, the, the score, we should the say. The score was, but yeah, it was amazing. Now, I haven't seen Cape Fear, right? The new one, or the, oh, the later, uh, the, one, yeah, the new, 90s yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. The score is apparently similar, or is it the same, or... I'm not sure if it's the same, but yeah, it's certainly along similar themes and motifs. It may very well be the same. And when you hear it, though, it's pretty much become Sideshow Bob's theme, hasn't it? But yeah, like, I think from that episode on, that was yeah. the music that you they hear always it, you're used. Like, that's Sideshow Bob. Mm. Yeah. 
So, would you like theme music? Pardon? In in life, like if you when you entered a room, I think what we've discussed you, this before. What would, would your love theme, theme music, music be? I would love Cantina Bar. Yeah, right. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. What would I like to have? I've put myself on the spot with the question. I don't normally do that. We'll come back to it later. Yeah, all right. Let me let me sit on this for a while. All right. So I'll blurt it out at some point. It'll come to me. Time for some Cape Fear trivia. I'll kick things off. I've got about seven questions. It's a premium, so you've got to give them their money's worth. Shit. Okay. So I can get that memo. What movie does Bob go and see, which the family are watching behind him? Oh, it was uh, Ernest Goes Somewhere. Um, does he go to camp? Somewhere cheap. So, uh, Ernest Goes Somewhere Cheap. Yeah, that's right. A cheap joke, but it's great. Yeah. Uh, how much does it cost to get your cat spayed? When the fuck did that come into it? Itchy and scratchy. Oh, I don't know. 75 bucks. 75 bucks. Okay. Where did Homer get his cigar from? Like, what's on Homer's cigar? So, it's like he's collected it from somewhere and it's got its branding on the side of the cigar. Mm. Um... No, I got no idea. Uh, Knoxville World Fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's some pretty sharp attention to detail, right there, Dando. <laughs> well done. Um, well, on the subject of sharp attention to detail, who was on the? Was, there's a portrait of someone on the wall during the parole hearing. Bill Clinton. Ah, oh, bastard. Well done. I was going to have that as one of my trivia questions, and I thought that's too obscure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm lucky that I'm. I'm glad that I saw it. <laughs> What are the girls planning to call Bart? Uh, fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fat, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, how many times does Bob get hit with the rakes? Ooh, is it 29? No. No? No, it's that many. Oh, 16. No. What is it? 10. Only 10. Okay. Only 10. It seems there's, like more than that, doesn't there's it? There's nine and then there's one off camera. So I nine that you it, see yeah. it and then there's one where it cuts inside ah, the boat. Technically, it's 11 because he gets one on the boat. But in that oh, scene. Oh, did I include that? No, Ooh. sorry, I did. Controversy. I put, Controversy. It, I put it in my notes. He gets hit, so he gets hit eight times, and then there's nine okay. one off camera, and yeah. then one climbing onto the boat. Well that was done. a great callback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Did you know about that? That Kelsey only recorded that once? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he had no idea that they were going to keep looping it. Yeah. Um, I think we, maybe that was like our tease for Cape Fear. We mentioned that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so great though, that he went back and watched it and he was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. It's good though, as an actor. Like, you get, you, you know, you're doing, you got paid the same. Because as we said, it wouldn't have sounded the same if you did it every time. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. How far away is Springfield when Bart... Like, what does it say on the sign? When oh, is it like 72 miles or something? Uh, 15. 15 I think miles. I wrote that down myself. 15 what miles. What happened with that? Talk amongst yourselves, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I wrote that down. Like, is he anyway. going to say something? Or I feel like... <laughs> All right. How many people are thinking of killing Selma? Now, this is what I... <laughs> um, how, oh, this was really hard gym? because in the room, like they've got people with their hands up and as they're panning, more people put their hands up as they're panning. Yeah, God, because it was like most of the members of the jury, so there's 12. Is it, no, it's not the jury, it's a parole hearing. Oh, sorry, the parole hearing. Yeah. But the people on the parole board. Um, no, it's just people in the crowd. Is it just it? people in the crowd? I think, yeah. Do they even have a crowd at a parole hearing? I don't know how they work. Let's go to prison and find out. 29? 30 is what I oh. picked up, but it could be wrong because okay. like, that was my rough guess. It's about 30, yeah. yeah. So, so I'll, I'll always leaving that. the toilet seat up. I'll give you that. Is it, did you say 29 because I said 29 before? Yeah, I thought head? maybe... No, I thought it was actually maybe that you subliminally uh, had okay. 29 in your head and that's why you guessed it. Yeah. It's like if you're playing poker and yeah. someone raises by 10 bucks, I, the amount of times that they've got like a pair of 10s, yeah. and it's just 10. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions from you? Oh, I've got two no, more. I'm, I'm good. You hit me up with yours. Okay. What is Marge going to get Bart after, since she saved so much money uh, on the Diet Cola? I'm going to get you a big... 
was it like ice cream or cake it's or something? Ice cream at the store. Ice cream at the store. Yep. Yep. And finally, what does Wiggum call Marge when she questions him about the what you mentioned before? I think it's illegal. Oh. I don't think it is. He says, "If I want lessons from," um, it's a famous TV. Uh, is it? Was it Murder She Wrote? Or Mar Kettle. Oh, Mar Kettle. Okay. No. If I want lessons from Mar Kettle or whatever from what's Mar that Kettle. from? Mar and Pa Kettle. It's an old comedy, isn't it? From TV. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's from an old Beyond Me. <laughs> but okay, I'll go with that. Alrighty, so that is my trivia for Cape Fear. Big crossover between Simpsons and Mar and Park Kettle fans. Yes, yes. A few facts about the episode. Basically, the whole episode, as you mentioned before, is a parody of Cape Fear. Yeah, largely. Not, not a whole parody. Not, not a parody, but not, it's, not a direct a, parody, but it's more of an homage and to certainly tribute. Based on Cape Fear. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, there's certainly no scene where Sideshow Bob tricks Lisa into smoking pot in the uh, school auditorium. Not in the edited version, anyway. <laughs> no, maybe we can... Uh, maybe Matt Groening will have that in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, maybe Matt, Matt Groening's coming to Sydney. Um, <laughs> or, well, maybe has already been to Sydney, depending on when you downloaded this. Oh, this is, yeah, whenever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you paid your dollar redue, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Hank Azaria's favourite episode of all time. Mm. The elephant stepping on Bob, which I found to be the silliest moment of the whole episode, the fact when they stand on his head. Mm. The, car- the, the animation just looks really cartoonish there. But it's meant to be sort of like an homage to Wiley Coyote getting done by Roadrunner. Yeah, exactly. And that was something that they were kind of picking up on. They, with deliberately, went to, they deliberately made it ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was meant to be in season four, which is why it seems odd that the final episode from the original writers and showrunners or whatever mm-hmm. was in season five. But as we said, it was meant to probably end season four. Yep. It was the last episode, as I said, with the original writing staff. The score was nominated for an Emmy. I believe it didn't win, but it was nominated for one. Okay. And it ran really short, and it had to fill in a lot of space. Which you know. created some amazing stuff. So the rate gag in particular was because of the fact that they needed to fill in time, and it turned into be one of the most iconic things that they've ever done. Ever done. Like, Al Jean said he wanted to uh, have a gag that was funny, not funny, and then funny And then again. became funny again. Have and they I'd... done that since on The Simpsons? Um, I don't know if they have. Certainly not to they probably have it such a memorable extent. But I love those sorts of jokes. And there's a few classic examples of it. There's a sketch... From Mr. Show, the um, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross uh, sketch show that they had on, uh, I'm pretty sure it was HBO when they first did it, but that was like there was a sketch about a security guard punching a guy, um, yeah. and it was just like he was punching him. Oh, oh no, the security guard was getting punched, and the joke was just that every time with this punch, it was just the same scream. He's like, ah. Ah, you mentioned ah. this as well, I think. I think I did mention yeah. that whole thing. But like, th- th- they just stretched it and stretched it and stretched it and stretched it. There's a great um, Stuart Lee bit, oh, so many Stuart Lee bits where he does this, but there's one where he particularly calls himself out about it, about how just tedious grinding repetition will, you know, you get to the point. It's like the first few times I thought it was hilarious. And then I uh, got to the middle and went, and mm, starting to get Is a bit irritating. Is this the one where you're driving Yeah, shield bottle. Yeah, yeah, you've mentioned this. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, yeah, I, I, I remember this <laughs> But one, I yeah. just love those jokes. Like yeah. The, the things that just go on and on and on. Uh, oh, shit, speaking of jokes, listeners, I have a joke for you at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to our review of Homer the Heretic will be well aware We'll be tuning in and waiting. <laughs> it is a doozy. Should we save it for the end? Yeah. yeah. Save it for the end. Yeah. Alrighty, cool. Because if it's shit, like if people don't laugh, it's a joke that could go either way. I'll yeah. be honest; it's a little bit. Um, you're either going to think it's the best joke in the world or the worst so joke we'll in the world. We'll end the episode with it. Uh, we'll hopefully end the joke with. We'll end the episode. And, with if, your, and if I like it, I'll put applause we'll, underneath. We'll, I was going to say we'll end with your uproarious laughter. Oh, end with boo! Get a haircut. You know what? I've structured it in such a way that you'll either laugh because you love the joke, or you'll laugh because of the way I'm telling the story about me telling the joke and having it fall. I don't want to give it up. But, We'll wait to the end. Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice tease there. Mm. So, besides the rake scene, they also threw in the itchy and scratchy cartoon. 
to fill in some time. Yep. And we get the first use of the ever circus intro. Yeah, I was going to say. it's. I think, like, well, oh no, I think it's used in season four for uh, Lisa's first word. It may have been. But so we haven't got that yet for reviews. Yeah. The first time we've seen it for a review. For <laughs> a review, yes. Uh, but what I love is that, like, it's the elaborate couch gag that they did to save time, but it just feels so fitting for such a great episode yeah. that it would have this huge, elaborate, like, you're about to see some amazing shit kind I, of couch gag. I've got here, it just instantly put me in a good mood. Mm. Just seeing that intro, I'm like, I love this. Seeing those poor, tortured, working elephants yes, balancing exactly. on the balls. <sighs> Cruelty. Peter, where are you? Uh, so, the original air date was October 7th, 1993. Before we get into the review, should we maybe thank the people for downloading this? Oh, have we not done that already? <laughs> no, we haven't at all. Thanks, guys. <laughs> really do appreciate your support, guys. So, if you can maybe tell all your friends about the fact that Four Finger Discount now does premium podcasts, we're doing all the classic episodes, mm. we'd really appreciate we'll it. We'll accept it in more than dollary dues as well. We'll take Rand, we'll take Pound, we'll take Euro. US, US dollary dues. Canadian? What's Canadian? It's uh, Canadian so, so, it's Canadian Cat. dollars. Cat. Yes. <laughs> So, the original air date was October 7th, 1993. Chalkboard gag was the cafeteria deep fryer is not a toy. Pesos. We'll take pesos. How's a peso? Mexican. Oh, Mexican peso. Okay. I like that the Mexican currency sounds like a Mexican delicacy. Yeah, it sounds like food. Tacos, taquitos. I'm like, I don't want to take food. Yeah. For this. I want payment. <laughs> Tacos, enchiladas, and pesos. And the catch gag, as we said, was the classic circus song and dance. So, it kicks off with Up Late with McBain. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a time that, like, as I'm... I'm all for equality. But I kind of, in a way, I still enjoy some of those jokes when you go back to the early 90s where being gay could still be a punchline. Like like Eddie Murphy's Raw. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty blatant. Yeah. But it, even something like that, you know, like he thinks you're gay. Ah, like in The Simpsons did themselves with, with homophobia. But just, I, again, McBain, this is an example of it being so awful. But I don't know if you could get away with this joke today. But I don't think the joke is in any way offensive. I think you could because the joke is the fact that he shouldn't be saying it. Yeah, but people are so fucking uptight these days that they wouldn't pick up on that. I know that. You know that. Most people know that. But I think there would still be ones going, oh, Rainier Wolfcastle called someone homosexual and what, that's supposed to be funny? I can, yeah, there would, yeah. There like would there, be There would people be people that would take it because that Because now we have the internet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the internet. I mean, which allows us to come to your lives and into your homes, but I hate so many elements of it. I hate people that hide behind it. Yeah. Anyway, so I think they what they did here was they really summed up talk shows really well. Mm. Like the, the music guy who's like the Paul Schaefer. From hey, Scoey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, the... Hey, yeah. yeah. They, they also had a... Um, oh, who was it that used to introduce Carson? It was Ed... Ed McMahon. Um, who would like the here's Johnny. I reckon it was his likeness doing the here's McBain. I didn't yeah. get as far here's as good. Here's McBain. I didn't, but like visually as well. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. Him. yeah. So obviously uh, McBain's then does his opening monologue that uh, all talk show hosts do. Mm-hmm. Falls flat. Kind of yeah. like your joke's apparently going to do at the end of the episode. Well, it might. <laughs> some some people will laugh. Some people will think you're an idiot. It's because he's making a joke about gay people, basically. And people start booing. Yeah. Well, I suppose Ooh. this is early 90s. And the way that people react on the show is how people would react in real life now. Is that what you're trying to say? Because uh, he makes a joke about gays And then people go Boo Because no, he's making a joke about more, gays More of the fact that Like if you look through the 90s There are so many Just casual references Through sitcoms To people being gay That you couldn't do these days Like well, Give me an example Like in Friends For example Like if um, Chandler Was confused for being gay Then he would find that Really offensive Seinfeld did the entire episode As much as they do it In a way that's not Offensive They go over the still, top To highlight that It's still that thing Of like I am not gay they got away with it by saying not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like it, this is still at a time where having it insinuated that you were gay 
would be enough to really get a man on the defensive. Yeah, it's meant to offend you or it's meant to bring you down a peg or yeah. it's seen in a negative light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which it's not so much something that you can do these days on TV. It's n- not necessarily nor should it be. But I, I feel like it's one of those ones that walks that fine line that it's not... It was just indicative of a culture at the time that, that it was like this minority group that you could poke fun at. They were like Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. And perhaps that's nowadays why they had the, you can't get that in culture. Perhaps that's why they had the crowd react the way they did to sort of show... That's, what, that's how maybe we really a feel bit, about it. Yeah. But just a... Maybe you were all homosexuals. It's such... I, I <laughs> can't that's help That's where the producer goes... I can't help but not laugh at that. Yeah, I know. It's, like, it's, it's a delivery, isn't it? Or but laugh at it, I mean. Yeah, it is the delivery. It's the accent. And it's just that panic in his eyes. Like, you've got this actor that doesn't know how to improv. <laughs> It's it's like Michael Richards when he had his blow up on stage. Yeah, bad, like man. it's just you've got this you've got someone that should not be where they are. <laughs> Come I, out I, with I that. would love if Harry Shearer was doing stand up and a joke fell flat and he would just instantly say that. Busted that out. Yeah. Maybe you were all homosexuals. <laughs> joke had nothing to do with gays. Yeah. <laughs> uh would people then laugh at that because they go, Ha, oh, that's McBain's voice. I hope so. I'd love to see like a big McBain float at the next Mardi Gras. Or at every Mardi Gras ever. Maybe you except <laughs> pointing, like pointing as, as the floats going down the street. Yeah, like he's he's there or um, any protest. Like we've got the the, the plebiscite that's, that's yeah. happening. Like the, the vote for gay marriage. Now, I, I personally, I, I summed it up um, on Facebook a little while ago, saying that how I feel that the gay marriage vote should work should be this: you walk in and they say, "Are you gay?" And if you say no, they say, "Well, shut the fuck up." Yeah, and that's it. Just, you know, whatever. I, I am so so open, and I don't want this to step on anyone's toes. But I would love. To see a protest, maybe McBain pointing at Canberra, pointing at the politicians. Maybe you are all homosexuals. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so then it cuts. Be used for any argument, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then it cuts to the kids saying, well, Fox Network sunk to a new low. Yeah. Yeah. Another dig at Fox. They, season four to seven, I reckon, that's where they really stuck at the Fox. Mm. Really, really stuck it to them. Yeah, massively. Lisa then receives a letter from her pen pal, Anya. Yeah. I love the voice change here as she's reading it in her head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it goes from. A sweet little innocent girl to all hail Krull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Bart gets a letter and says, I'm going to kill you. They don't reveal it's Bob at first. And, you, mm. and honestly, if you hadn't seen this episode before, you wouldn't really know it's Bob. No. You only see the hand. They do the reveal really well. And the music isn't associated with Bob for the first time when you're watching this episode. Mm. So he's writing it. <laughs> to do buy corn holders. <laughs> yeah, buy corn holders, do laundry. Threaten yep. Bart. Yeah. <laughs> we've written it with blood. As we said, at this point, you're only speculating that it's Bob. Uh, kids are there watching Itchy and Scratchy. Lisa's laughing her head off at it, but Bart's scared. You know, he's he's starting to get a bit... Mm. Would you say, he's not traumatized yet, but he's concerned, you know? You know the one thing that I wrote about this Itchy and Scratchy? So this is the Itchy and Scratchy where Itchy tricks Scratchy into getting neutered, basically. So he stands near the sign saying, get your cat paid $75. He moves his ear. Let's get your cat spayed. Yeah. Now... It's got the moment where he's like tied to the table and the lasers coming up. It's kind of like a, a Goldfinger emo- homage. He wiggles out of the way and then he uses his tongue to reach across the room to pull out the cord. I wrote one simple note about this. I am very confident that I could extend my tongue that far if my balls depended on it. <laughs> <laughs> we would try at least anyway. <laughs> would, Eddie, I'd be like, if not that, I would use the force. Like, I, for the first time ever in my life, I would reach out and it would just come. Like, I would make that thing come out of the wall. The force, that's great. Is that your joke? Because that was good. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just one of the many things that I've got littered throughout. Already says so we said, but can't laugh at it. He's just too scared from the letters he's been getting. Homer mm-hmm. runs in. Oh, my God. Someone's trying to kill me. Oh, wait. It's for Bard. 
and then we get the shot of all of the letters on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah die by die. But then there's the one that says, I kill this you one's scum. In, this one's in different handwriting. You know what's <laughs> funny? I didn't even realize that I'd done this. So that's what you were quoting whenever you talk to your dog? Yeah, I've said this before, haven't I? Yeah, yeah I say it all the time, I kill you, sc- I kill you scum. And then I'm watching, I'm like, that's where I got it from. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Just stuck with me. Sorry. Um, that was, I like Homer's admission. I put that one in there where Bart somehow got this tattoo on my butt. <laughs> Wide load. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Marge even laughs at it. Yeah. She can't yeah. help herself. Just little, but she does that like hand in front of yeah, her yeah. mouth. <laughs> Nothing beats the time though that she has to leave the room and giggle. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. remember what episode it was. It was like second season. It was about a word. Um, oh no, bosom. Bosom. That's yeah, right. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> she tells them off for laughing. Yeah. Then leaves the room and laughs. Oh, that's one of Marge's best moments ever. I love Homer, like, you know, they're like, who could be sending these? And Lisa's condescending. Yeah, like, it's didn't probably go the person you least suspect. Hmm, that's great, Dad. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, nice one, Dad. But Bart's like, why me? I'm this generation's Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> you can't understand why it would be. Grandpa suggests that they get Matlock, and they say, Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa, Matlock's not real. Neither are my teeth. But I can still eat corn on the cob if someone cuts it off and smushes it into a fine paste. Now that's good eating. Not everything tastes good in a fine paste, but maybe corn would. Mm. Nicola likes peas in a fine paste. Really? Mushy peas with chips. Oh, like mushy peas and chips. Yeah. yeah, okay. Loves it. Uh, I, d- I can't imagine that corn mush would taste as good as fresh corn. I don't corn. like corn at all. So corn I like tastes, the- no, no, no matter what texture, corn shit to me. Oh, really? So I think a big part of the joy of corn is the juiciness and the pop that you get of S- a good kernel. Squirt people in the face as you're eating it. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Bart's then scared at school, and Millhouse has done the rounds. The girls are calling you fatty, fat, 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 and Nelson's planning to pull down your pants, but nobody's trying to kill you. Oh, that's good. <coughs> fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fast <laughs> down, fat, 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 fat. <laughs> Come from nowhere, those girls. Yeah, exactly. Like ninjas. But Bart doesn't really care. Anyway, so Bart then hears a radio message. Where they play Wipeout. Yeah, that's right. This one's for Bart Simpson with the message, I'm coming to kill you slowly and painfully. <laughs> Wipeout. Really good animation of Bart going under the blanket. Yeah. Like slowly. It's just he's really starting to get scared. As you would be. He's 10 years old and someone's threatening to kill him. No yeah. one's doing anything about yeah, it. It's pretty intense. Yeah, I know, right? That's what's funny about it. Like, it's a 10-year-old being threatened to be murdered. No one's, can't, no one's doing nothing. No one minds. No, no one. Oh, yeah, we'll read that dedication on the radio. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, we get the montage next coming up where Bart thinks everyone's trying to get him because he still doesn't know it's Bob. Hmm. So we cut to Marge saying, I'm going to get you some ice cream at the store because hmm. she's been saving so much money on Diet Cola. Do you remember the days when you'd get the uh, the coupons in the, in the mail? For example, I used to love getting the Hungry Jacks vouchers. Used to be able oh, to get yeah. two Whoppers for three dollars. Now yeah. it's two for six fifty. What I happened, man? What I happened? I still very occasionally get those, but the well, Hungry Jacks ones. I, I don't get any. We don't get any junk mail here. It really already, annoys me. I love junk mail. I've already dubbed myself in from my two cents when I swapped my receipt at the supermarket for someone else's receipt <laughs> because they had a voucher for KFC that I wanted. I went to Woolworths last week. No vouchers on. The, no nothing on the back. Oh yeah, I did that as well. Still had the fuel voucher, but it didn't have the things on the back. Like two for one down at the Sphinx, the local bar here. Yeah, love I it. reckon that must happen when they run out of the normal receipt roll. And then, like, an, they they Possibly. swap they swap in so. a new one. I was really concerned. I thought no more vouchers. <laughs> have they lost? Have they lost their sponsorship? Yeah. <laughs> so the next one, obviously, is our uh, Flanders. I thought you would like this one. Yeah, Say I, your prayer, Simpson. Because the schools can't force you like they should. Yeah, uh, I I did like. I mean, there's a lot that they cram into that. Like, there's a little joke about Flanders' own character. There's the um, reference to Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street with the hedge trimmers and then a little bit of a reference to Edward, Edward Scissorhands with yeah. the way he's actually cutting them. Like, it's 
in, in one sentence and five seconds of footage, there's so much that they pack into that. As we mentioned earlier on, there's just so many... Well, I noticed there was so many more horror movie and and I guess Edward Scissorhands isn't horror, but quirky movies, mm. references in this that I never really picked up it's on as a kid. kind of gothic. Yeah, gothic, yeah. yeah. Tim Burton style, he loves that. He did a good job with Batman, I'll give him that, but everything else, yeah, a bit of middle of the road for me. I didn't. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory just threw me off the cliff. I I've was never, like, no, no, no I've way. never been the world's biggest Tim Burton fan. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, yeah. yeah. I just, it doesn't seem like your style to me. No, he's not. I, I don't like kooky for the sake of kooky. Yeah, that's true. And, and the, you know, the other thing, I don't really love a director that just keeps doing the same shit. Yeah, like his style, it's like you know what you're getting with a Tim Burton film, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and like just challenge yourself, push yourself out of that comfort zone occasionally. Do do something fucking different. And whenever it's Johnny Depp with him, because they had this partnership going on for a while, I don't think they really do it anymore. Because Johnny Depp's sort of gone a bit weird now, hasn't he? Strangely enough, but <laughs> it was like I felt whenever I, he was I, in a Tim Burton film, he was being kooky, as he said, for the sake of being kooky, like trying to be over the top. Mm. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, I keep going back to it, just oh, dog shit. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. I think, if anything, that's probably what led to Gene Wilder's sickness and ultimate demise. <laughs> that's not going to there at all. Um, you, guess, you can't beat Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I think Gene said as much himself. Like when, Sorry. Yeah, he, <laughs> he never watched it or something, did he? Uh, did he watch yeah, it no, he, he never watched it and he was really sad at the fact that it even existed. It didn't need to exist at all, no. no. And in getting back to the montage, the final one was Mrs. K, you're going to be my murder victim, Bart, in the school performance, like Lizzie Borden, and it's got uh, Martin as Martin Lizzie. Martin playing Lizzie. Was it 40 Wax with a wet noodle, Bart? Martin's yeah. really loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they sort of made Martin more of a camp character now. When when needed, yeah. I guess they go a prissy? little bit over the top. Yeah, the pussy, yeah, that was the word. I didn't say pussy, I said prissy. I was going to say pussy. Okay. <laughs> He's a, he acts a bit like a pussy. Anyway, we're allowed to say that word. It's premium podcast. Like, the, <laughs> like we don't say it on the free ones. <laughs> So then Marge, as you said, Marge is the only one who's concerned. So she goes to Chief Wiggum asking for help saying, Bob, well, this, someone is sending threatening letters to my son. Wiggum's like, well, you can't do nothing about it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm afraid there's no law against mailing, th- against mailing threatening letters. I'm pretty sure there yeah. is. <laughs> You're trying to question me, woman? Or Marge Kettle or whatever you call it. Looks it up. <laughs> I'm afraid she's right, Chief. <laughs> That's happened so many times in the series where the Wiggums said something and they're going, well, actually, they're right, Chief. And he's like, it's the monorail one, I think. We're actually we're supposed to get a free ham every year as well or something. <laughs> I love the uh, and two comely lasses of virtue true. <laughs> Forget the pig. How many broads do I get? <laughs> That's up there with my favorite of all time, Quimby quotes. It just comes in and says that. Yeah, yeah. So also, what what else is illegal? Uh, yeah, it's also illegal to put squirrels down your pants for purposes of gambling. <laughs> what I like is that the you know the um, exception that proves the rule clearly means that it's okay to put squirrels down your pants as long as you don't bet on them. Have you ever tried it? Betting I can't imagine it would be fun putting squirrel anything down your pants. That's a lie. Well, they all seem to be having fun. They're ticklish. As long as you're wearing a cup of some description. Some sort of protective... You'd be right. Cause you play cricket. You've got plenty of them. I haven't got a cup. Uh, plenty of them. It's not like I've got five or six to choose from on any given day. So, do you only have one cup? Like This is just in regards to cricket. I'm assuming hmm. you'd, I would have a couple because you'd get sweaty down there. Wouldn't you change mid-game? Well, no. I have... A, there's no direct contact. There's. I, I have some... Special kind of Mormon style undergarments with a little flap. Oh, so, really? Or a little pouch. More, yeah, pouch is a much better word than flap. <laughs> I was like, flap. <laughs> so there's some fabric in between, is what I'm getting at. Oh, really? Mm. I always just assumed it was just, you know, straight down there. Look, for some people it might be, but but I like to. They were always really uncomfortable. I like to treat myself to some fine Egyptian cotton. Into school sports, I hated having to wear the cup because it was just so uncomfortable trying to run with it. Maybe it was just too small, too big. I don't know. Is there. Do they come in different sizes? Besides, yeah, um, like, adult and child? There's different designs and different shapes. 
So I, like condoms where you just walk, you walk but to the no, church. It's not like, large. It's not like yeah. medium, large, extra large type <laughs> style. Substandard. Uh, well, so what comes up after Unique. that? Unique. <laughs> uh, Lisa. So she thinks that it's Mo. Yeah. Now, who's the celebrity that he, um, he, he Bart thinks it is first? Uh, Linda Lavin. So we had to do a little bit of research on that ourselves. But so she was the star of a sitcom named Alice. Exactly, yeah. That um, ran in the States for about nine years, was it? Uh, well, 76 to 85, it says okay. on Google. Yep. So that's, yeah, eight, nine seasons, you'd say. Yep. No idea who she was. No. Um, so that, that joke might, might have been funny to American listeners? Possibly. Or? It's it's rare that Bart is making obscure references. Like that's, you know, normally it's Burns that makes a reference to someone that you've never heard of and that's part of the fun of it. But I guess in 1993 or when this aired, she might have still been relevant. Possibly. Maybe? I don't know. But Alice, it's rare that there's been a sitcom that's gone for that long that I've never heard of. Mm. Well, you think we would have heard from of- that era? It's probably a little bit different. I guess. Like no, I seasons, could, though, it's a long I, time. Yeah, I know, but I could probably only name a small handful from the seventies and eighties because, I mean, syndication and all Taxi, that sort of stuff. Australia, Mindy, Australia guess, yeah. didn't get anywhere near as many as what it gets now. It was American. like fi- it was whatever Channel Nine wanted to put on at five o'clock in the afternoon. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Lisa says, "No, no, no, not Linda. Who's the other person?" Then it's Mo. So she yep. calls Mo. Lisa's kind of scary in this phone call. Yes, threatening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut no, it out, we're going to cops At no point do you think it's an eight-year-old on the other end of the line No, no, but yeah. I love Mo Alright, oh, alright, alright, I'll, I'll take care of it yeah. <laughs> He's so scared the, the animation of his face as he's listening as he, His face changes as she's speaking yeah. Oh, it's just great Yeah. And then we get, I think this is the first Mo scheme th- Yeah, to my knowledge Because he's got the whale in one of them I think it's, it's That's the Springfield, the Springfield Files, files yeah, with yeah. the whale um, what what's, what's the one where they got, they're doing the, the game of like Russian roulette with Krusty in the back? Oh. And Skinner is there as well, I think. Yeah. It's like the, um, rip, uh, uh, not rip off, the, um, the parody of the Deer Hunter. Yeah, Deer Hunter. I don't know what episode that comes in. But I don't think it's happened yet. No. I, I, remember talking I don't think about so. It. So this is the first Mo scheme. It's just, I, I love the fact that Mo, his bar obviously doesn't do too well. So he has to do these other schemes. Yeah. It's just, I wish they kept them going. Yeah. I'm not sure if they still I love the it. way he shoes out the, pe- like, all right, underlay, underlay. <laughs> Cuts them open. <laughs> just let them roam out in the just, streets. Yeah, where are they going to go? It would have been great if they made another reference to like some panda later in the episode yep. doing something, you know. But anyway, so then Bart, he's virtually, well, he hasn't given up. He's like, I know you're out there. But, but where? where? Did this remind you? Because I thought Bob would have said... It reminded me of the scene where um, Beer Baron. Is Beer that Baron. That? Like, yeah. I'll get. I'll, I'll find you. No, you won't. Yes. Now when I he's will. when he says yes, I will. Does Homer say dough back to him or no? I think dough. I also thought it was dough. as if to say, oh, he is going to find me. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it reminded me like, of that I, scene. Like, yeah. I, I. My take on it was that Homer was like he had his one retort. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to say no, he won't. That'll show him. Yeah. Oh. Uh-oh, he said, yes, he will. So, what uh, am I going to do? So, because of that scene, for some reason, I, th- I was expecting Bob to say something back to him. I don't know, I just couldn't remember. But then it obviously reveals, mm. the big reveal, that it is Sideshow Bob. Dear life in these United States. <laughs> <laughs> Riding with blood. Now, the, the line here, I'll let you do it again, because you'd love saying it. I, it is line. my favourite. That so it's after he finishes writing another Die Bart sort of threatening yeah, letter, yeah. and then to-do list, and then starts writing, Dear life in these <laughs> United States, and then passes out from blood loss. And you get... Like the one time, like I love how Bob is so intelligent but does dumb shit at the same time and can be easily foiled. And that even Snake in this instance is smart enough to just come up with a use a pen, sideshow Bob. It's like it's obvious. Yeah. That's why you're sick. <laughs> going back to the first time you would have watched this, do you think they've made it obvious that who it was going to be? Um, now that you know who it is, it seems obvious. But do you think to a first time viewer, you would, if, you, if you'd watched the previous episodes, you'd seen Bob? 
would you be able to put the two and two together? Possibly. I'm assuming when they advertised this episode, I was going to say it, it probably would have been promoted like crazy because Kelsey Grammer probably did some promo for it and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, I think they did a good job of sort of keeping it a bit secret. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's 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 it, it was a big reveal. At the very least, it gives it the storyline a nice kind of dramatic f- yeah. momentum. It was a great use of. I love this the uh, the score for this episode. It's just so well done. Every time it's used, it's used for the right purpose. You yeah. Know? Well, this is what created the theme for Bob, isn't it? This episode. Yeah. From yeah. then on. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that's where they cut to the commercial. They've done the big reveal. They come back and we're at the prison, Springfield Penitentiary. Can you remember what the science is at the front? Um, no. It's America's fastest growing prison. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> I would have liked to have like um similar to McDonald's, like you know, three million inmates served or something like that. Yeah. So Snake is then granted parole, and Bob is up next, going for his parole hearing. Mm-hmm. Says goodbye to Snake. I always thought this was really weird. I know that makes the- Snake an illiterate goon. Yeah, it just you can't. Obviously, the previous scene, he's just said use a pen, like he's smart, yeah. like he just said. Now he's saying ga ba. Is that what they were going for to make him seem dumb and Bob seem more intelligent? I don't get it. It's more just about that thing of making Bob so super intelligent that he's used a whole bunch of words that Snake doesn't understand. Did he know? There was some multi-syllable stuff in there. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just seemed a little bit strange to me. So, Wiggum is up first. Sideshow Bob has no decency. He called me Chief Piggum. (laughs) 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 Now I get it. (laughs) Good. And then we get Selma. And what does she reveal? Um, Sideshow Bob tried to kill me. How many people are thinking of killing her right now? Be honest. (laughs) Pay it across. Let me see. It's Patty. Patty. She's always leaving the toilet seat up. Yeah, they had the, they use the uh, the fade transition here. I think it's the only time they use it. In the yeah, whole, I think they use it throughout this whole scene. Yeah, I wonder if like I just would love to see that happen in real life. That exact line tried to kill me for like some reprehensible. No, I was like, how many people in this courtroom are currently thinking of killing it? Just, <laughs> <laughs> just one. Yeah, <laughs> it was him. Unfortunately, it's the defendant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then Bob says, I wouldn't hurt Bart, despite the fact that he sent me to this urine-soaked hellhole. And the parole here, the parole board have yeah. such a... Like, they're just so annoyed by this. Yeah. We, we, we take offense to that. It, you could have said, what is it? Pee-pee-soaked heckhole. Cheerfully withdrawn. Yeah. <laughs> Great response from Bob. It's, I guess that's... He's just playing it so well, playing the game. Yeah. And I guess in a way, that's kind of the um, little play on bureaucracy and government and wanting the appearance of or like the description of something to be better than what it is rather than actually fixing what the problem is. Yep. I love too here that they're following up to that. They have the the lawyer who's there to represent Bob, I'm assuming, mm. reveal that he has die, bar, die on his chest. Yep. They, they, no one would have known that. It would yep. have been a tattoo that's a secret that they'd use it as a way to get sympathy for him. Well, what about that tattoo on your chest? Doesn't it say die, Bart, die? No, that's German for the Bart, the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No one who speaks German could be an evil man. <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the whole episode. Yeah. As a kid, didn't get that line. Uh, yeah, when did I learn about Because you, know, you never really learned about World War II as, as pro- a young, pro- properly, as a young you know? kid. Yeah. Probably not until 12, 13. Because you know it existed, but you didn't really know the ins and outs of it, you know. Yeah, mm. so as a kid, I was like, I don't quite get that. Maybe Germans are nice people. I don't get, they, they are, they are, you know, but you know what I mean. I didn't get Most that. of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, parole was, granted. I don't know why. That was more Dutch than... That was like Sean Connery. It was a little bit. <laughs> Dutch Sean Connery. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. So, it cuts to Bob and the Simpsons at the movies, and Bob's just laughing out loud. And what are they saying? Ernest... Ernest goes somewhere cheap. Goes somewhere cheap. Yeah, it's great. 
And he's disrupting The Simpsons with his smoke. He's mm. ruining the experience. I- Ernest Films must have been really... Not really big, but must have been really prominent in the early 90s. Well, I re- this is like the third or fourth Ernest gag. Well, I remember going to the video store as a kid and remember thinking, man, this guy's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. I, there must have been a lot of them. I remember Ernest Scared Silly was Ernest, one. Uh, I think it was called that, but Ernest it was a Halloween. Zoo or something? Mm. Shall we look up now? Because the premium podcast, we have time. Look up how many Ernest films there were. Uh, yes. Why not? I'm just going to Google it here. I'm going to read them all out and tell me which one you liked the most, okay? We've got Ernest by, Goes to Camp. By title alone? Yes. Okay. Ernest Goes to Camp. That was the first one in 87. There's a lot, by the way. <laughs> oh, you want me to continue? Are you, are you yeah, continue? I'll continue. How yeah. am I supposed to tell you which one I like the most <laughs> if you don't read them out? In 1990, he had Ernest Goes to Jail. Well, There's a bit of a, a bit of a gap in that one. Three years. Must yeah. have spent some time on the script. 91, Ernest Scared Stupid. Okay, so Goes to Jail was a big box office profit, so then they greenlit the sequel immediately. Yep. Uh, this one's in 88, so I don't know why it was out oh, okay. here. So back before, so there was a... Maybe this is going by box office. 87, 88, 90, 91. So 88 was Ernest Saves Christmas. Mm. I'm interested to hear how he saves Christmas. <laughs> uh, in 1994, Ernest Goes to School. Now, that's the cover I remember seeing when I was a kid, and Ernest Goes to Jail. They're the two ones yeah, I remember the most. Yeah, Stupid is what I was thinking of before. Yep. Uh, Ernest Goes to Africa in 97. So 97, you're still doing Went movies. to Africa. Yeah. In 95, Slam slam Dunk Ernest. I have to see this. I can only imagine that Ernest Goes to Africa was filled with cultural sensitivity and racial nuance. 1993, Ernest Rides Again. In 1998, Ernest in the Army. There's a lot of Ernest films, man. Ernest Rides Again. Yeah. (laughs) so the, the order we've Does got here, Ernest become a talking car, Herbie style, and they race against each other in that film? 87, 88, 90, 91, 93, 94, 95, 97, 98. He's prolific. <laughs> That's a lot of movies, man. Certainly finds a lot of places to go, that Ernest. Nine films between nine films in ten years. I'm going to track some of them down on YouTube and see how horrendously bad they are. Well, the, I'm just going to open up the poster here because this one says the hilarious... The hilariously high-scoring comedy is Slam Dunk Ernest. <laughs> would it be better or worse than Air Bud? Uh, th- that's what I'm thinking immediately. I'm like, oh, which one would I like more? <laughs> anyway, get back on track. So, that's that's your Ernest Phil for your premium what's, podcast what's, here. Actually, that's that's like a topic for discussion. What's the best comedy basketball film? Space Jam. Yeah, okay. Well, yes. <laughs> Done. Sealed. Okay, let's take Space Jam out <laughs> of take it. Take Space Jam because that's always going to win. Let's say what's your best worst one. So, like, Flubber. Has the basketball championship at the end. Yeah, it's not a, is it a basketball film, though? No, but it, it's just something involving basketball. involving basketball. The plot involves basketball to an extent. Um, I do love a bit of Air Bud, though. There's so many of them now. Um, Coach Carter? Is that, uh, does that count? Uh, basketball. All I've got in my head now is Flubber. <laughs> um, what about Kevin Durant's in one? Thunderstruck, I think it might be called. Thunderstruck's an Australian film. Yeah, but I th- yeah, I know Thunderstruck is an Australian film, but I think there's another another one. Like I think there's you know same, anyway same title. Say that for another podcast. <laughs> We've spoken way too much about non Simpson shit. <laughs> so getting back to Cape Fear, and they're at the movies as we said, and the family are annoyed by the fact that Bob's being so loud and obnoxious, ha- having a good time. And I this is like the it first, does bother me. This is the first direct reference to the to Cape Fear the film, as well. Is it? Oh, apart from Bob leaving the penitentiary, rather, um, so he's released from prison. He's driven almost, exa- he's dressed almost exactly the same way as Max okay. Cady when he steps out. But and he's been obnoxious in the cinema. Is yeah, so okay. that's um, in the again. I've only seen the De Niro f- version of the film, but that's exactly what De Niro does. He gets this big cigar. He's sitting in front of Nick Nolte and his whole family, just laughing at the top of his lungs, to the point that Nolte goes to tap him on the shoulder. He turns around and big reveal that it's Max Cady. This whole episode is more of a play on the. 
De Niro version of the film, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Including the score. Or is the score from the... Is it 70s, 60s? No, I think the score... Whoa. I'm pretty sure the score came me. from... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the score came from the remake. Oh, but don't quote me on that. So anyway, Homer asked him to stop. And then Homer has the giant cigar from Knoxville Welfare. That's yep. The first reference to the Knoxville Welfare. Yeah. It, it, Bart on the road is the next time. So then Homer, as we said, asked him to stop. Um, then he laughs at the toilet humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to oh, show the difference in intelligence. Oh, come on now. That's really too much. Yeah. <laughs> And then this we get the big reveal that Bob is out. The family didn't yeah. know. And then uh, the kids scream the exact same way as they screamed the last time from Black, Black Widower. Yeah. Is this the second... Is this the only time they do that? Like, like make reference to the same scream? Scream of uh, Sideshow Bob. Ah, Sideshow Bob. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a... Oh my God, You ki- they killed Kenny type moment of just they a They may have done it again, but this was like a direct mm. copy of the first time they did it. And then immediately Bart just assumes you sent those letters. I, it's a good assumption to make, yeah. but you can't prove it just yet. Well, you could join the dots pretty comfortably. And Bob doesn't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do about it? Marge, you awful, awful man. Stay away from my son. Oh, I'll stay away from your son, all right. Stay away forever. No. Wait a minute. That's no good. Oh. This is great as showing just how... He's a perfectionist, isn't he? Yeah. In the way he plots these things. But so also he, easily foiled. Yes, easily foiled, exactly. So he comes back in, say it again, say it again. No. 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 <laughs> I think this is the first groan. Yeah. The rake groan? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what Kelsey recorded it for. And then they just reused it for the rake scene. Maybe Kelsey never knew anything about the rakes. Uh, that's good. I don't know. Is it the, I don't think this one's the exact same as the, the rake exact same? Okay, I thought it might have been. So then it cuts to Bob. And he's, uh, well, the family obviously know now that Bob's out, so mm-hmm. Bart's concerned, and Bob's working out. Now, you said this earlier this before also another direct reference? Yeah, another direct reference, um, particularly the tattoos, um, and, and in general. The finger ones, love, hat? <laughs> love, hate. Did it say hate? Oh, it's H-A-T with the umlaut above the A. Oh, it makes it a long nice. A, not a short A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Just a little bit of... I, I like that... Bit of knowledge because A, I get to teach people something. B, I get to say the word umlaut, which is one of my favorite really? words. I like umlaut. <laughs> just I thought it was umlaut. It. No, it's umlaut. Umlaut. Yeah. See, how fun is that? <laughs> that loud. It's a great word. <laughs> it seems like a word that Bob would love to say. Yeah. Umlaut. <laughs> so, so, the tattoos on the fingers are the yeah. references. Is that the only oh, thing? No, like the whole body tattoos as well. Like De Niro's okay. character is messed up with tats in this movie and has a pretty full-on workout routine. Okay. But then it cuts to a slight bit of Bob in here and bend and twist and shake and bounce. It's just, I love how camp he can be when they need him to be. Yeah. He's not, afraid, he's not afraid of doing it. Yeah. But, and it works for his character. Like yeah. they've got this great, nothing feels out of character for Sideshow Bob. No, not at all. No, they, they, I think Bob is perfect in this episode as an overall character. Mm. Like they've just, they've nailed him here. He's never quite been the same ever since or before. Yeah, but he's also never really been worse. Like, as in, there's no real drop-off for Bob. No, you, This that's is the true. peak of it, but yeah. even every other episode, he's, he's still a perf- perfect character wherever he's inserted. So then the police are now setting up another booby trap in the mm-hmm. Simpsons' house to identify or let them know yep. when Bob's trying to break in. Again, from the film? Yep. Is it a, a toy in the film? Uh, yeah, I think it's a doll with a bell on it or something like that. So Chief Wiggum reveals to Homer and you, you have permission to do whatever you want to somebody that comes in your house. Anything you do inside your own house is nice and legal. Hey, Flanders, come over here. <laughs> just I love him standing there, pounding his fist. Ready to go. Just waiting. And he's like, <laughs> 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 Doesn't work if you invite him. 
I'll oh. go home. <laughs> Oakley dokely. So then Homer realizes that's not going to work. The family needs to do something. He goes to a private investigator who says that he's very persuasive mm. when he needs to be. Now, this in the film, yep. uh, very persuasive means he hires a couple punks to beat the shit out of uh, Rob De Niro's character. Um, so that, that's what they're trying to lead you to think here? Yeah. Had you seen the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, De Niro ends up flipping the tables on them and beats them up himself. Oh, really? That's <laughs> um, pretty goddamn full on. <laughs> On, leave town. No. Oh, I'll be your friend. No. Oh, you're mean. Sideshow Bob's then driving around and he's got the PA. And he's announcing the following people will not be killed by me. Mm. Does, he, does he say the Flanders first? Like, oh, well, isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> then Even the Flanders are just oblivious to it all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, but I love his reference to Maggie. Yeah, what does he say? What's the, the word? The little baby Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all. And Homer runs in. Bob, did you hear? Did you hear? Oh, <laughs> they use that gag so many times in the episode, and that Homer doesn't get that Bart's being left out, or that he's mm. that Bart's concerned that Bob's actually after him, and he's not. Not that he's not being sympathetic, but he's just being an idiot and not really seeing everything for what it is. But it works every single time they use Homer in that way. Yeah. In this episode. So it cuts to the final straw. It's the witness relocation program. There's nothing else they can do. They they have to go. So then mm. they say to him, "We can take you to Cape Fear, Terror Lake." Or Screamsville. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Ice Creamville. Ice Creamville. <laughs> no, Screamsville. Ah. I love Bart here too, by the way. I'll be Gus the Chimney Sweep. And he's, he's got this whole thing planned out. Yeah. Shut up, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just shut him down straight away. Uh, and who does Homer want to be? Who does he want to be? John Elway. Oh, the footballer. Of yeah, course. quarterback yeah. John Elway. Sticking it to Denver. So, like, you have this great dramatic scene of him on the... On the uh, touchdown line final dying minutes of the game as he leaps over and scores a touchdown it's like and Denver 7 to 56 (laughs) (laughs) if you could do this who would you want to be if I could take on any other it'd be pretty hard to go past Leonardo DiCaprio Jack Nicholson he's Jack Nicholson but younger yeah Yeah. (laughs) um what about, what about that dude we've mentioned before? Particularly if I could go back in time, actually. If I could be Leonardo DiCaprio 10 years ago and have everything that he's done in, ahead of me. Yeah, that'd be cool. Experience mm-hmm. it all. What about... um? Who's that dude we've mentioned before that... Oh, he's just got chicks around him all the time. He's always carrying guns and he's... Oh, Dan Bilzerian yeah, or that something dude. like that. No, because I don't want to be a... He's a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be a cock. I want to walk down the street and everyone want to be my friend. Yeah. Like DiCaprio, you just walk into a bar, everyone's like, I want to be next to that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... Bilzerian, I feel like everyone no one just wants him. to punch in the face. Yeah, that is true. I certainly want to. <laughs> but you never would. <laughs> well, if I ever got the opportunity. I think he'd beat the shit out of both of us at the same time with one I'm hand. sure he would, but it'd be, <laughs> it'd be worth it. I mean, you got to pay for things that you want in life. <laughs> Maybe he listens to the show. I doubt that. You doubt it? I yeah, strongly, yeah. strongly, yeah, I strongly doubt, doubt it. it as well. So anyway. So Maybe they- one of the many people that he throws off of his roof into the swimming pool whilst nude listen to the show possibly and hey if you're out there cheers uh so is that what happens in the movie they do the relocation program they choose cape fear no uh in the movie it's um more of a case of just getting away from town and they jump onto a riverboat so what's the reference what's the cape fear reference is is that, is that reference at all uh, in the movie uh yeah so cape fear is where they go to oh so it's just but, where they go but to. it's not a relocation like okay a, a with, they just leave with this get away. Yeah, okay, cool. that, yeah so then we get the mr thompson scene your name is gonna be yeah. mr thompson <laughs> One of the greats. One of the classic moments. Tell you what, sir, from now on you'll be uh, Homer Thompson at Terror Lake. Let's just practice a bit, hmm? When I say, hello, Mr. Thompson, you'll say, hi, check. Hello, Mr. Thompson. Remember now, your name is Homer Thompson. I got you. Hello, Mr. Thompson. 
this scene just sums up Homer to a T. Mm. It's just it's similar to the um, do you understand? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Springfield files, but this is the first one of those kind of moments. So when I say hello, Mister Thompson, and stamp on your feet, you're gonna say okay, well, well, hello. Stamp on your feet is like the second deft attempt. So the first one is just I'm gonna say hello, Mister Thompson. Oh, yeah. You say hello. Got it. Hello, Mister Thompson. <laughs> And then it's just absolute blank. Just fades to everyone. I then, love the animation here where everyone else in the family, they're all doing something. They could have they're just all had them bored. All, they could have had yeah. them all just sitting there bored, but Marge is holding Maggie. So Maggie's asleep. Yeah. Lisa's got a hand in, uh, face in her hands and Bart's just twiddling the, the pen on the yeah. desk. That's, that's just been there for hours. Yeah. And he just can't and get the, it. And the um, witness relocation agent has taken his jacket off. The <laughs> sleeves are rolled <laughs> yeah, up. Please, He's please, exasperated. How great is it? Yeah. Okay. When I say hello, Mr. Thompson, and stamp on your foot, <laughs> you say... Hello. Check. Hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to you. And the, the face. <laughs> <laughs> but then eventually they must work it out. And the family are leaving. Oh, they don't go to Cape Fear. They go to Terra Lake, actually. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's where they sneak in the Cape Fear reference in the episode. And then they give them the tapes and they're all singing. What is it? Three little... Three little mates from school. Love. Yeah, yeah. They're all so happy. Which is, I'm assuming, from Miss Saigon. It's a play or something. It's, it's the, yeah, Miss Saigon would be the opera. Everything is a choice of fun. <laughs> but it cuts to the, the music cue. They fade down and, or they pan down, I should say, and Bob's underneath the car. And they go across the bumpy road. There's so many different ways they get Bob here without actually realizing it. So the, yeah. the bumpy road. Who wants to, oh, the coffee. Ooh, this coffee, too hot. Where did he get the hot coffee from? In a mug. Uh, <laughs> thermos? Possibly. Marge seems like the type of person that would carry around a thermos. It throws it under the car and burns... Uh, Bob, and then we get the, who wants to drive through that cactus patch? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Three Little Maids from School is from the Mikado. Okay. Just for aficionados out yes, there that yes. will have been upset that... Um, that <laughs> we I paid for this, for this shit. It's you don't know who that is? You, you don't know the difference between the Mikado and Miss Saigon? <laughs> <laughs> so then Homer says finally, Hey kids, want to drive through that cactus patch? Yeah! Yeah! No! Whoop, two against one. <laughs> Cuts the commercial, come back, and I really liked what they did here, where they had the Thompsons, and they did like the full intro, yeah, like the, the pay- passing, uh, panning past the sign, and they mm. even did a couch gag with the yeah. fish coming down. It was just, yeah. I thought it was really a little cool thing they uh, slipped in there. Homer saying, "Great thing about living on a boat: if you don't like your neighbours, you can just go away." Yeah, all their neighbours leave. Sorry, I should have pointed out that Bob being strapped under the car is also again from the film. Yeah, a direct. Yeah, even I know that one. Yeah. I haven't seen the film. Bob getting hit by like all of the rakes is also from the film. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't that be great to see Robert De Niro doing that exact thing? Oh, they should do it now. <laughs> it would be so good. Uh, th- He's a little old now. He might break his face. No, it would be funnier seeing Kelsey Grammer do it. Yeah. Yes. Would you, would, uh, you try and tell me you wouldn't watch Kelsey Grammer doing that scene? I'd watch Kelsey Grammer doing anything. <laughs> I have seen Kelsey Grammer fall off a stage. You can find oh, that on YouTube. I felt bad for him. That's yeah. Good. He's like he's just delivering a lecture and he, he missteps, falls yeah. off the stage. But what I love is the grace that he takes it with. Yeah. He doesn't yell, he doesn't shout, he just he's, he's f- gone. You hear this like and then just <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> well, also, what I also liked here too is that Homer is actually wearing the witness relocation program shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole purpose of leaving it so people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the fact that they exist. Yeah. Who's making a witness relocation shirt? <laughs> and this is where we get the famous Bob Rake scene. Mm. Now, I think we've mentioned earlier that, you know, it was only meant to be once or something and they dragged it out to fill in time. Yeah. Or meant to be a couple of times. 
and grammar had no idea. Yeah, obviously. so and they just used the same recording same. over and over and over again, which, which is, is very cost-effective and perfection for comedy. Do you think they realised it though at the time? I don't think they did. No, yes, of course they did. Al Jean talk, talked about that. Really? Yeah. Uh, mean, but about we, how we, we discussed it at the start anyway. The goal, <laughs> yeah, but like how the goal was to stretch something out to the point that yeah. it stops being funny and then starts being funny again, which I don't think had ever been done before. Not on In, The Simpsons, no. Had it been done earlier on? It would have been done on other shows. Like, yeah. it's, they're not the first people who've ever come up with that idea. That it's drag it it's, out. It's an alternative comedy style, so it's not very. It's, it's a gutsy style too, because it can go ter- terribly wrong. It can done, go terribly if not done wrong. properly. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's I I love it when it happens. Yeah, but I'm kind of sadistic like that. Like <laughs> I I really enjoy seeing any performer dare their audience not to like what they're doing, but then bring them around and make them like it anyway. And be able to keep straight face like, the whole time. And be, yeah, to you be mentioned able, that what's that Stuart Stuart Lee. Yeah, he does it a lot. Stuart Lee um, went through a period where he lost interest in doing stand-up comedy, but part of what he did was he would deliberately lose his audience just to challenge himself to then win them back. Um I think I read in his book about him once performing a show from behind the curtain for the entire time. <laughs> he had the curtain raised up to about here, so all you could see was his feet. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was just the just just not giving a fuck for the sake of trying to be creative and come up with something memorable. I, I really love the courage of that. Andy it's Kaufman kind of, was like that. Andy Kaufman was like that. And I feel like, in a way, to be remembered, similar to that sporting analogy, that you've got to be prepared to lose to be able to win big. Mm. And that's that's you, you what be, the rake show, what the rake gag is. You've got to be prepared that... Some, you, have, you, got, you really have to have guts to do it. Mm. Because some people, they'd get midway through and they were losing their odds, they'd panic and they'd say, oh, it's, a, it's just a joke, it's just yeah. a joke. But you've got you know, you to be really determined. Yeah. Oh, I hate it when people say oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. By the way, if you've had the courage to throw a joke out there, stick by it. Don't yeah. apologise for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love here too, after it was like eight or nine, was it? Uh, rake, uh, eight or nine rakes hitting him or whatever it, it was. It was ten. Ten. With, oh, sorry, it was nine at the time. Yep. One of them off camera, and yep. then he gets hit again later the, on. The off camera one, I love that they had. That's a good way to transition to Marge and Homer inside, so you can hear yep. him getting outside groaning. Yeah. So Marge is concerned, like, "Where's the dog? Ah, uh, he's tied up out back. Tied him up out back, <laughs> just swimming around a little, like mooring. And they stop just before he fucks himself up. Yeah. Yeah. So Marge is concerned suddenly, out of nowhere. It's like she, she was happy to go, and now she's concerned, saying, "Oh, I don't know whether we should have done this. I don't know whether he tied up all the loose ends." Or Homer's like, "Yeah, I've done it. Don't you worry." Cuts to grandpa. <laughs> Hello! I'm cold and there are wolves after me. Alrighty, so then Bob finally reveals himself to Bart that he's actually come to Terra Lake. Mm. It's funny. Hello, Bart. Bart screams because he can't see him at first, but it's an old woman. Yeah. Down here, Bart. (laughs) Underneath the car. She drives off, hits him in the head again. Yep. Now, there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. A little cartoonish, but as we said, they did it deliberately. Yeah. Because he's meant to be like Wally Coyote and Roadrunner. Yeah. So, but it's just the, the elephant standing on his head. I was like, nah, it's a bit... Even the animation but looks shit. I feel like part of that, though, is the many years he spent as being Krusty's sidekick has given him some sort of physical... Ability. Uh, Superhuman now, super, is he? Like an intolerance to pain. Mick Foley. You know, he's being... Yeah, like Mick Foley. <laughs> he's being shot out of cannons. He's, you know, getting smashed over the head with mallets. So, what's an elephant to the face? The only thing I didn't like about the animation, though, was I'm pretty sure if an elephant fucking stepped on your head, it would cover your whole head. 
It would yeah. just go in between your eyes. Yeah, I agree about that. That's the only anim- that's, that's that's where I thought the animation was a bit stupid. But they had to do that so you could sort of you couldn't just have him squash his head. No, they could have. Well, it's flat. Looney Tunes would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so then Bart runs and tells Marge and Homer that he saw such a bob, saw such a bob. I thought it was really cool animation on the legs here. The legs are sort of just going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. He's just so panicked, you know. Yeah. The other nice touch here in the background. I don't know whether you noticed the curtains. Marge has brought the corn curtains from the kitchen. Oh no, I didn't notice she that. She put up in the little. Uh, booth area to make yeah. it that's their kitchen yeah. that's cute so she's nice worried about I hope I've tied up all loose ends she's covered herself off to the point that she's even brought the curtains yeah brought corn curtains I just thought it was just making it a little homely it's something that Marge would do you know so then Bob's uh, staying at the Bates Motel mm. which was really a cool reference yeah it was the owls in the background and everything. yeah all the um, uh, stuffed or taxidermy once I mean, I mean I know taxidermy is the nature of stuffing an animal but do you call it being like has it been taxidermied if that all's been stuffed, taxidermed. We'd, people know what we're talking about, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and not only that, like the same crazy camera angles that yeah. Hitchcock uses it looks, in Psycho. Oh, how cool like, is just the whole overall scene, just yeah. looking up at his face and everything. Yeah. But uh, no, sorry, uh, Bob's actually learned here. Don't use blood anymore. Yeah. Use a pen. Use a pen. <laughs> nice ballpoint. <laughs> he's taking snakes' uh, advice. And the other thing too, when he's, he's reading out what he's right, writing, and um, disembowel him. No, I don't like that bowel in there. Gut him. Ah, the most. So let me cut to, as a kid, my favourite scene in the whole episode. I think it's still, to most people, one of the favourite uh, scenes in the whole episode. Homer walking in, waking up Bart. Mm. I know what it is. Maybe this is the way he says it, the way it's animated, but it's just fucking hilarious. It's the second time that he does it. It's, it's the funniest, but it's what, what's the first time? Do you want some brandish before you go to bed? Yeah. Bart, do you want some brandish before we go to bed? Comes in with a big kitchen knife. That, that one's like, it's okay. Like, Homer's just cooked some brandies. That's... Not reasonable, but the way he does it, but it's just, it's understandable. Bart, do you want to see my new chainsaw and huggy mask? Ah! Oh, sorry. What am I thinking? Obvious Friday the 13th reference there as well, but there might be some people out who have never seen Friday the 13th. I think everyone's heard of Jason Voorhees, though, at least. You would, well, most. Not you, every, you see a hockey mask. not going to make sweeping statements like everyone. But you, well, you, a lo- I reckon at least 70% of the population from America and Australia or whatever have... S- seen a hockey mask and just immediately thought of Halloween. I'd hope so. I'd hope so That's too. the world that I want to live in. Like if you rocked up to here in a hockey mask, I would think Jason Voorhees, but that's just me. Hmm. Is there anything else that sort of signifies Halloween? Uh, that, scr- that, 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 that shouldn't. Like, that like, shouldn't. Like, 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 screen mask. Like, screen a, ho- mask. a hockey mask shouldn't represent oh, Halloween. Okay, so like a screen mask is yeah, that, a that, horror that, that icon. Is horror, yeah. Um, Something that's not a horror icon, but it is now signified or symbolised with horror. Yeah. Um, would you count particularly over the what's happening within the last few weeks, the clown mask? Clowns have always been scary to some people. I've never found them scary. No, neither. But to some people, my sister is legitimately terrified. I've never clowns. understood why. Yeah, it's like a fear of spiders. It's weird. She's so scared. Hmm. Well, fear of spiders, I can I can understand. I don't like but things. Got it, the movie. Yeah. Or, yeah, or the book. I, but yeah. I watched it. That wasn't that scary. Oh, it wasn't scary at all. No. A lot of people are really scared They're of They're remaking movie. it. Really? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm that upset, sure I read that, that upsets me a lot. Oh, I don't mind that because it felt like a made-for-TV movie. They cast a whole bunch of adults that could not act and all I liked in that movie were the scenes involving the kids. Whenever the adults were around, I was like, mm, fuck these and guys. The ending, Get back to the kids. The ending is pretty stupid, isn't it? I don't really remember that. The giant spider? Yeah, no, I've blocked it. Blocked it, was, it from my mind. Well, the movie went too long. That's that. That's was the what thing. I, yeah, that's kind of 
yeah, I felt the same. We just shit all over a classic Stephen King novel book. Yeah, well, novel movie. Fucking do a better job. <laughs> Take that, Stephen. I King. don't shit all over The Shining because it was a good movie. Misery's good. Have you seen Misery? Yeah, yeah Misery's. It's <laughs> scary, man, because that could happen to anybody. Mm, well, in fact, it did. <laughs> <laughs> On the way over, luckily, I escaped. Yeah. Mm. Would you use rakes? <laughs> And a little flip the tables on the hobbling tactic. So then Bob uh, finally, well, Bart's relaxed now because he's like, okay, it was just dad, it's just dad, no need to panic. Mm. And then Bob gets onto the boat, uh, cuts the boat loose when the family's all asleep. So the, yep. boat, the boat's now driving away. What, how is the boat moving away? Obviously. So quickly. A, there's a very strong, <laughs> strong, current. strong current in that bay. <laughs> he looks like Cousin It. Did you notice that when you go out of the water? I'm not sure whether that was meant to be a reference oh, like to the Adam's family. Flops, flips his hair everywhere yeah. and goes all fuzzy. Could have been a reference to the Adam's family. I'm not too sure. Well, yeah, possibly. He looks very much like Cousin It. Anyway, and then we get another rake. Yep. It just, God, it's so perfect they that knew they that, call back to yeah, that. Yeah, just made the whole thing. Yep. So then the family... gave her the same groan again. Yes, yep. they used the same one. It's like they... I guess they, they did know, didn't they? They knew how great they that... They knew how great it was. Yeah, they knew how great it was. This whole episode is just like the fucking... Oh, it's hard It's hard to think of a better it's episode than this, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... Everything's just perfect. It's just the writers were like, all right, this is our last hurrah. Let's just make it fucking great. Mm. So then the family are all tied up. Oh, no. Dad's been drugged. No, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the uh, the shot of Bob sneaking into Bart's bedroom. This is probably the most iconic shot from the episode. This is what gets used in like, the covers of DVDs yeah. and everything like that. Just Bart, um, Bob kind over of silhouetted. Oh, no, it's just when he's over the bed. He's got yeah. the knife and Bart's sort of yeah. leaning back, you know, scared. Yep. Um, now, he swings the knife. This is what I've got here. He's really trying to kill this young boy. Yeah. Like, if Bud didn't move, he's going to get stabbed in the head. This is why I love Bob in this episode. He just wants to brutally murder <laughs> because somebody. Because he's going to kill the it's child. Just, it's just, it's Bob. It's just, it's so perfect. So you know? pure evil. It's, he's not used for comic relief. He is in certain parts of it. But the overall story is he's trying to stab to death this 10-year-old boy. And I think it's cool. <laughs> as, as stupid as that sounds. It says a lot about your personality. <laughs> so then Bart goes and to... And about a- the, the state of your backyard that I... Uh, I might have to call some authorities to investigate that well, pile of dirt you've got out the back there. <laughs> Bart goes to jump off the edge of the boat and there's crocodiles there, so he can't. Mm. Just conveniently there for comic relief. Yes. It's great. Goes to the other end. Electric eels. Electric eels. <laughs> goes back. Goes back, sees crocodile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you expect? <laughs> so then uh, he says to Bart, you got any final requests? Uh, just one. And he looks over, sees the sign, Springfield 15 miles. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect way of setting up Bob. Mm. It says that, nah, you wouldn't go for it. Oh, go on. <laughs> Just, <laughs> tell me. And then he asks him to sing what? The fun, the entire score from the, the HMS Pinafore. The entire score, yeah. From the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> Which, you know, I've tried to find some versions of this online. I cannot find a version sung better than what Kelsey does here. Apart from, the only and other one, one that comes two, close and three, and four. is um, Hugh Laurie sings, uh, he's an Englishman. And it's actually, it's funny, um... He's an Englishman is used in a lot of different pop culture. So Hugh Laurie sings it in an episode of House okay. when he's giving a urine sample. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as he's whizzing. It's, okay. uh, and surely to his credit. And I'm pretty sure, like I'm 99% positive that they sing this uh, song in an episode of The West Wing as well. I love Bob's line uh, when, with the... Very well, I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. Yes, and uh, as we said earlier at the start, the use of costumes surprised Graining because they weren't originally there. Yeah. And I'm glad they did. Phenomenal. It just, it just made it so much the better, mop. didn't it? Yes, the mop. <laughs> the mop. <laughs> the, the look in the face, look up to the The mop and a blanket. Oh, who knows so where he got good. it from? Who cares? Well, <laughs> you presume a galley. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the outfit, though. 
Mm. Of the oh yeah, like when he gets the full admiral. Yeah, yeah. And then he does the part. What? Never. No, never. <laughs> just, and Bart gets involved in it. Yeah, Bart sitting there with popcorn it, as well. It's also <laughs> as blatant as like everyone knows that Kelsey Grammer loves to sing, and this is just the most blatantly crowbarred. Let's get Kelsey to sing a few songs that you will ever see. I feel like if we asked, if we ever got a chance to interview Kelsey, what's your favorite Bob scene? He would say this. I would hope so. It would have to be. It's just. It's Kelsey. Yeah. You know, it's just Kelsey. You've seen him live. Like, you know, that's who, that's who he is. Yeah. He's a performer. Yeah. I think anytime Kelsey gets the chance to sing, he takes it. I think so. But he's it, got a good voice, though. I hasn't think he? times when he doesn't get the chance to sing, he'd still take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he does. He's got a cool um, baritone y kind of deep voice. Yeah. So then. Hey, baby, I hear the blues. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I fucking love the Frasier theme song. Yeah, it's great. So then it uh, the boat eventually crashes just as Bob's about to kill Bart. Mm hmm. And the police just... Oh, rep- sorry. Oh, no, the police at the brothel, aren't Just they? final thing on... <laughs> that's right. We'll get to that in two seconds. <laughs> One final thing on Bob. The final note that he hits on Englishman is hilarious. He remains an Englishman. People throwing, giving him roses and everything. Yeah. It's, just, it's so over the top, but it's just perfect. And then, as we say, crashes... Now, as a kid, I used to think, why did the pl- what were the police there and then uh, at the brothel? Yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, I was the same as you. I was like, how, how did Wiggum know to be there? And yeah. like, it's a good thing you drifted by this brothel. Um, that and I think tries to play it up as if he's there to investigate. There in his in his gown. Yeah. I never, I never really picked up until I was watching this. So I was like, they're in their dressing gowns. How did yeah. I never notice that as a kid? <laughs> so then Bart explains how he sort of. It's like a very Scooby Doo esque ending, isn't it? Yeah. How would you know how to do it, Bart? And then he uh, says. Take him away, boys. Hey, I'm the chief here. Take him away, toys. What'd you say, chief? Do what the kid says. So then they go home, and Grandpa is there. He's now a woman, apparently. Mm-hmm. He's had not a sex change, but like he's. I guess it was. What were the pills doing? Um, Preventing him from com- becoming a woman. Yeah, so maybe it's like a testosterone pill or something like that. He, very, he's very, lost his libido. He's even got lipstick on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jasper then hits on It's a very creepy ending But it's funny Yeah So Jasper starts hitting on him There's something you should know about me I've got Stephen Eddy tickets I'm all yours (laughs) Yeah so What can we say about this episode That hasn't already been said It's just One of No I think it's the best episode of all time I think so Yeah Marge vs. the Monorail is close But it's not as good as this one Not in my eyes They're two different styles of comedy I guess there's just not a down moment of this. There's not an offbeat. No. It's all so funny. Everything is just perfect. Everything there serves a purpose. They just they knew what they were doing, and it's just, yeah, in my opinion, the best episode of all time. Yeah, um, I'm totally in agreement. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Um, you better not say what I've got this time. <laughs> the HMS Pinafore is quite a long soundtrack. Is it? Well, I presume 15 miles on a boat's going to take a while. It has to be. Mine is nobody who speaks German could be an evil man. Okay. So, since this is a premium podcast, mm-hmm. we don't have mailbag, do we? We don't have mailbag. I believe I promised a joke. I think I did. It seems so long it's ago now. It's been so long since we started. <laughs> uh, now, I need to try and find that joke. Here it is. Um, so, I was trolling through my Facebook newsfeed the other day and came across my friend Matt Holmes, who occasionally posts some ridiculous jokes. Now, Ridiculous in what sense? Just over the top? Sort of uh, make you go, oh, 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 you shouldn't say that kind of ridiculous? Or? No, ridiculous. Well, you'll understand what kind of ridiculous when I get to the end okay. of it. Now, it's a little bit of a visual that I am going to Is this to- going to offend anybody? No, no, okay, no okay, not okay. at all. Um, why are you always so worried about that? 
because we offend people. No, we don't. Have you seen the hate mail we got this week? We don't get hate mail. <laughs> we got one once. <laughs> we got one once, and I responded to it, and he went, oh, actually, fair enough. That was a good point. I understand what you were trying to do now. Thank you. <laughs> like, it was the best hate mail ever. <laughs> I can't believe that you said that. This was very offensive. And I went, I, I wasn't trying to be offensive. I was just trying to, to you know, like, this is actually what the joke's about. And I went... Ah, huh. okay, yeah, no. Now that I look at it that way, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was polite discourse on the internet. I loved it. But no, this isn't an offensive joke at all. But even if you don't like the joke, I've got like a little story about the joke to tell after the joke that will bring it around. So you're either going to laugh at the joke. Is this a Stuart Lee joke? No. You're going to lose this and then try and win this back? That's almost what the joke does. <laughs> you're either going to laugh at the joke or you're going to laugh at me in a moment when I talk about the joke. What if okay? I just give you nothing? Will that just cut you deep? No, because people will be out there. Okay. (laughs) People who matter. matter. Okay, let's get on with this. It's a little bit of a long one. How long? This isn't fucking reading a poem again, is it? fucking relax? What's with the attitude? (laughs) Three guys are hiking through the woods when they come across a lamp. One of them picks it up, rubs it, and out pops a genie. It booms. You have finally freed me after all these years, so I'll grant you each three wishes. The first guy wishes immediately, uh, like immediately blurts out, I want a billion dollars. Poof. He's holding a printout that shows his bank account balance is now, in fact, one billion, three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> That's all he had. <laughs> the second man thinks for a bit and says, I want to be the richest man alive. Poof. He's holding papers showing his net worth is now worth well over one hundred billion dollars. The third guy thinks even longer about his wish and then says, I want my left arm to rotate clockwise for the rest of my life. Poof. His arm starts rotating. The genie tells them, it's time for your second wish. First guy says, I want to be married to the most beautiful woman on earth. Poof, a stunning beauty wraps herself around his arm. Second guy says, I want to be good looking as charismatic so I can have every girl I want. Poof, his looks change and the first guy's wife immediately starts flirting with the second guy. (laughs) The third guy thinks for a while and he says, I want my right arm to rotate counterclockwise until I die. Poof, now both of his arms are rotating in opposite directions. The genie tells him, think very carefully about your third wish. The first guy does, and after a while, he says, I never want to become sick or injured. I want to stay healthy until the day I die. Poof, his complexion improves, his acne is gone, and his knees don't bother him anymore. The second guy says, I never want to grow old. I want to stay 29 forever. Poof, he already looks younger. The third guy smiles triumphantly and says, my last wish is for my head to nod back and forth forever. Poof, his head starts nodding back and forth with his arms still flailing around. The genie wishes them good luck, disappears, and the men go their separate ways. Many years later, they meet again and chat about how things have been going. The first guy is ecstatic. I've invested the money and multiplied it many times over, so myself and my family will be among the richest of the rich pretty much forever. My wife is a freak in the sheets, and I've never gotten so much as a cold in all these years. The second guy smiles and says, Well, I built charities worldwide with just a fraction of my wealth. I'm still the richest guy alive and also revered for all my good deeds. I haven't aged a day since we met and yes your wife is pretty good in bed (laughs) the third guy walks in flailing his arms around and nodding his head up and down and says hey guys i think i fucked up (laughs) i was expecting something else i know (laughs) i was expecting to get something good out of it that's what i love because the whole way you're like what's this guy playing at what's the twist going to be what's it going to be that he's actually benefiting from where he benefits but no It's just just that it was stupid. Now, if you didn't find that bit funny, here's what I hope you will. I was at home reading that joke out to Ash and acting it out in full. I was up and about. I was doing voices. I was rotating my arms in different directions. And um, really, I can't. Well, at the at at the very end, at the very end bit anyway. So I didn't do it the whole way through because I wanted to keep that for the reveal. So I get to the line. 
hey guys, I think I fucked up. I start flailing my head around everywhere. My arms are rotating. At that exact moment, Ash was eating something. She dropped it, looked down, didn't see me do the thing. And then just looked back up and went, wait, is that it? Oh. (laughs) I was like, no. I've been through so much. (laughs) Gave you nothing? Yeah. So, you had to explain it to her. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Pretty much. Oh, I don't hate those moments. Because the moment was ruined. Don't you hate it when you're so excited to tell somebody something and they just... And I put so much effort in. And they give you nothing. Yeah. But like I said, it was just because at that exact moment, she wasn't prepared for a visual joke and just Uh, looked away. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't doing it when she looked up? Um, No, I did it quickly. And she just looked... So, I I just did it on the line. So, it only took a second. That second, she just went, oh, what's this on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was well done. That's nothing to do with Kate Fear, but it was a funny way to end this premium podcast. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to do our thanks now because we really do appreciate everyone who has chucked out the dollar we do to purchase this podcast. Yes, it's, we do. It helps pay the bills. You know, the website isn't free. We mm. got hacked recently, didn't we? Yeah, what the hell? What load of shit that was. I know. Who the <laughs> fuck tries to hack us? <laughs> it was just like... A, a guy sends me a message on the Facebook page. Hey, guys, your website's not working. It's been hacked. I was like, yeah, sure, right, whatever. Go yeah. on to it. Just to show you show you guys why you need to invest in security. And it was, it was kind of like an ad. So, the people that hacked it sent us a link to their website to purchase security through them. Is that what happened? Yes. Dick bags. Yeah. And when I first saw it, I thought, we've lost everything. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's over. It's all gone. The dream is over. We have lost absolutely everything. But luckily, they didn't delete anything. It was just, I could still get into the back end. Mm. So, I quickly changed the password, contacted our loyal web developer, Jack, out there. Mm who worked tirelessly to, whilst he was at work, tirelessly to get our website back on. So, thank you, Jack. Really do appreciate it. Now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Um, no need to plug the Twitters and all that. This is the premium one. You need to give them something good, man. They paid a dollar to do for this last words. It needs to be good. They didn't pay the dollar for the last words. And fuck, like, we've already- the only reason people listen to this show is for the last words. They skip straight to the end. We've already got the dollar. <laughs> it's fine. My pockets are lined. Um, I think that's a pretty good out point. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you guys next week on the free show. See you guys. Shh.